0: School's out for summer, and Redbox has the video games to keep you entertained. With more than 40,000 locations nationwide, you can rent and return anywhere. And better yet, you'll get a free one-night game rental from Redbox when you use the promo code Snell3. Swing by a box in your neighborhood, or if you want to make sure the game you want is there when you arrive, reserve it online first at redbox.com slash games. Offer valid through July 15, 2017. Subject to additional terms. Charges apply for additional nights. Payment card required. Getting into video games has never been so easy. It's not brain science, it's rocket surgery. This is Dungeons & Dragons 2000.
1: The Incomparable, number 360, June 2017. Welcome
0: back to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell. Time for us to revisit another bad movie. This time, representing the decade of the 2000s, it is... The Dungeons and Dragons film. Um, film is a strong word. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: let's,
0: let's let's go with movie. Cinematic experience. Uh, it is. Yeah, it was more of a cinematic experience. That's right. So joining me to talk about Dungeons and Dragons, the movie, the motion picture, are the following fine people. Tony Sindelar. Hello. Hel- hello, nerds. I've I've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. David Lohr also made a mistake. Hi, David.
3: Oh, I'm I'm just rolling for excruciating
0: right now. That's not how that works. What? Erica Ensign just watched this movie. I'm sorry. Hello.
4: Hello. Now this will be a real pleasure. Oh, uh,
0: don't uh, that was an
4: actual line. Don't quote in dialogue. This
0: movie. Oh no, it is.
5: Yeah. So bad. Steve Letts is here. Hi, Steve. Hi, Jason. Uh, I'm just here for the moment to uh, establish the fact that my blood causes water to light on fire, and then I'm just going to be quiet for about, I don't know, 50 minutes or 60 minutes until I'm needed again. check back in with us. Just (laughs) remain quiet until the maze scene, okay, Steve? All right. That seems like a good idea. I'll I'll join you guys at the maze. Good idea.
0: Also, here, Monty Ashley, who... Was an employee of the company that made Dungeons & Dragons when this film was released.
6: Yes, I I was an employee of Wizards of the Coast who made the game Dungeons & Dragons. (laughs) Right, we should be clear. Or (laughs) was publishing Dungeons & Dragons, yeah.
3: Do you have
6: have an opening statement as a result? Um, It is my understanding that this movie, the rights to Dungeons & Dragons as a movie were sold when... Tax- Tactical Studies Rules, TSR, needed money badly, and they got money <laughs> badly. <laughs> so then, decades later, when Wizards of the Coast owned the rights to w- to Dungeons and Dragons, this movie happened. <laughs> happened. That is a good term. Ma- Ma- Monty, you
0: do you, you have a good
6: story here about, about the release of this film that you should probably share. Uh, Wizards of the Coast believed at the time that the way to big riches in the gaming industry was to have a successful media franchise attached to your game. We had just uh, made a whole bunch of money off Pokemon, which, as you may know, had a cartoon. And, although we weren't involved with it, we were officially very excited that the Dungeons & Dragons movie was finally happening. So I remember a memo being sent out that essentially said, to all employees, this movie is very, very important. Do not badmouth it in any way. If this movie is big, it will be big for us. We must support this movie at all times, even in private. If I hear anyone talking meanly about this movie in the hallways of the company, I will yell at you. And that lasted up to our uh, private screening of the movie. (laughs) Most of it was uh, viewed in kind of a shocked silence. As I remember, (laughs) it was the beholder that mm. opened the floodgates to people shouting mockery from the crowd. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. I think that
7: was the part where I was
6: really, I felt kind of broke,
0: broken as a viewer. So everybody tried to hold it in for a while because of the corporate edict to... Uh, yeah, we're,
6: we're, we're, I mean, we want maybe this movie's good. We don't know. Like, maybe you're all wrong. Maybe. Yeah.
7: Maybe. But probably not. We had
6: previously, <laughs> I don't know whether there's Well, we had seen Phantom Menace for free, because we Mm -hmm. were part of Hasbro, and many people didn't like that, and that was huge.
7: Yeah, that still made a lot of money,
6: right? We got to see Transformers for free, and a lot of people didn't like that, but it was still good for the company. So, you know, maybe we're just wrong.
7: Hmm. And Mm then everybody decided we weren't. Do the people who run your company dislike all the workers? is that (laughs) they hadn't seen the movie was this a mystery science
6: theater situation oh you mean because of the movies we saw no that's that's just what hasbro had the rights to okay like were you guys
7: possibly you know on a satellite um you know (laughs) trapped
6: in space if you look at the credits for transformers you will see that hasbro
3: incorporated is one of the producers
7: okay how many of your co-workers were robots (laughs) <laughs> um, they, they
3: didn't force you to watch Battleship, so, I mean, it could be worse.
6: Um, I think I could have watched Battleship, actually, but that was like a 7 a.m. screening and I didn't feel like it.
7: <laughs> ah, well. You don't say.
6: It's we also got move. to see
7: the first Pokemon movie. Yeah, you know, 7 a. it's, it's uh, Monty sees uh, three bad movies at work, you know, fool me once, fool me twice, <laughs> fool me three times. <laughs> same on you, but fool me four times, same <laughs> on me. <laughs>
6: So you don't want to hear about the Nicolas Cage Sorcerer's Apprentice movie.
7: You'll you'll be very excited
0: to know that the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie is a surprising ten percent. That high, yeah, that no, high, double 10, digits, ten percent. Hmm. Wow. I don't know how that's wow. possible. Well, it was
3: they rolled dice. So
0: so uh, as all classic films do, Dungeons and Dragons begins Narration. with a voiceover. Yeah. Yeah,
4: uh. a clunky
0: voiceover. Even if it was a good voiceover, I'm going to be skeptical of it.
6: And it was mm-hmm. not a
3: good voiceover.
6: There were a lot of names mm-hmm. you were expected to memorize mm-hmm. that just fell out of your head immediately.
3: And yeah. and how do you have Jeremy Irons in your movie and have someone else doing a voiceover?
4: I was <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> M- like, Monty,
7: are, are you you're our, you're our expert here? Uh, were all of the locations in this movie were were any of these even uh, like tier three uh like existing D references or was all of this uh jibber jabber totally made up for the person nothing in this movie has anything to do with the company that
6: made wizard that made Dungeons and Dragons at the time. Mm-hmm. Um I've seen things on the internet that suggested that he wanted to make a more D like movie, but lawyers said no you can't have Driz
7: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
6: but I cannot speak to that I did not recognize hardly anything in the movie as authentic D&D
7: Re- The Beholders is really about it and the concept of dragons um, there, there is a dungeon
6: Yeah, If you listen to the second commentary track which is The Cinematographer <laughs> and Dave Arneson Dave Arneson is the co-creator of Dungeons & Dragons along with E. Gary Gygax uh, but Gygax got most of the credit for a long time because he kept the company uh, it, Dave Arneson's commentary track sounds like it was recorded in about 20 minutes in a cave when he's just <laughs> reading random D&D facts. So the cinematographer will be doing his usual thing. You know, Here's what lens we used here. This is a digital effect. This was a miniature. And then you'll hear an edit and this this completely different voice say doors run on the ground and they're like gold.
7: <laughs> I kinda wish I'd watch, I watched that version. <laughs> Might have improved my experience. So he's providing the authentic D and D flavor. Oh. Well, we
0: should say two two commentary tracks in this. Uh something that if you get the Blu ray and it's available cheap with the second uh direct to video I think Dungeons and Dragons movie bundle in, you will get to see some hilarious um some hilarious uh, deleted scenes Mm -hmm. as well. Which they didn't
7: finish the CGI for.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's right. There's there's a scene where Justin Whalen looks at a cardboard box sitting on a table. It's very exciting. (laughs) And you can listen to that director's commentary track, in addition to the cave slash cinematographer track, the director's commentary track, which... Monty, am I accurate in saying that director Courtney Solomon really thought this was going to be a
6: big, big hit? Yeah, it sounds like they recorded that commentary the week before the movie opened. Mm -hmm, And it's all the director and star complimenting each other on how great this movie is and how everybody's going to love it.
7: In a sincere way and not in a, like, we're contractually
6: <laughs> obligated to be here kind of way? A hundred percent. Like, oh, you wow. shot this so well. Thank you. You're so great in this. People are really going to be sad about snails. Yeah. Oh, people wonder, where did they oh, go? Wow. What happened in this scene? What? Oh, this sets <laughs> up the sequel. What
7: life experiences and or chemicals lead to that uh, <laughs> worldview? view? <laughs>
0: In the director's commentary track over the deleted scenes, the director repeatedly describes what he will restore and reshoot when it comes time to do the
6: director's cut of the film. Yes.
4: Oh, that is breaking my heart, you guys.
6: Oh, it's so cool though. I love the director's commentary with a point of view. It's like the director's commentary in Hudson Hawk. They're very, very defensive oh, because they know people yeah. don't like their movie. <laughs> so in this first block, and I'm just
0: I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hit every every bullet point here because I would yeah, die. We already we had to. Wh- we what? already had to do this
7: movie once. Let's yeah, not. <laughs> seriously, let's not relive
0: it. But there's a voiceover. There's a, a really crappy CGI swoop through a city, um, and we <laughs> Somebody and we bought a video toaster.
7: Yes, and <laughs> we end up
0: in a in in a place that I wrote I described as a workroom slash torture room.
7: I think it counts as a dungeon.
4: Yeah, I thought it was. I thought
7: it was a dungeon. You can check that box. That's that's your dungeon.
4: I literally have a checklist at the top of my page.
7: Yeah, dungeon, dungeon, dragon. Got it. Yep, check Mm -hmm. everything. Yeah, Jason, this movie delivers a dungeon and a dragon in the first scene. What more do you want from? it? Needs more than one. They're they're both. Check off would have been
3: proud. No, no, no. If you have one dungeon and one dragon, you have to have more at later. That's that's totally true. That's exactly right. Um, Mm -hmm. skulls used as Mm decorations throughout a classic right
1: Mm -hmm. right
0: oh show violation Mm -hmm. by the way and and then our most uh our most impressive actor in this film jeremy irons or as i as i wrote down um as i wrote down when watching the opening scene of this movie glare at me irons because pretty much he's just (laughs) glaring at us the entire time with the big the big bug eyes as he speaks in tongues and uses a magic gyroscope to zap
6: Things oh, was he speaking in tongues? I really thought he was just acting so hard I couldn't understand. Yeah, well, I can't. I couldn't understand a word he was saying, regardless of what he was trying
0: to. speak. Yeah, I
4: thought so. he was speaking nonsense.
6: I don't think he was the best actor because we all well, know Jeremy Irons' blue-lipped friend.
4: Yes, yeah,
0: the, he... his henchman wears wears blue lipstick throughout the movie. That is Bruce Payne as Damodar, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: yeah, as, or as I just called him all the way through, damn it all. Isn't oh, he mm-hmm. Profion
6: too? <laughs> I call I, I just have him down as Profeon.
4: No, that's, that's Jeremy. Jeremy.
6: Jeremy Irons. Is Propheon. Okay. I, w- I took notes.
7: I've seen it five times. <laughs> I
6: refer to him as lipstick guy throughout. Lipstick guy. Yeah, we mm-hmm. called him blue
0: lip dude.
7: Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's great. I love him. Yeah, I think he actually may be the best part of this movie. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah.
7: Sure. Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, you know, if we have to, if we have to root through this, you know. <laughs> He's a, like, big, hulkin
0: wearing leather uh, heavy who is dispatched mm-hmm. to do bad things by Jeremy Irons, who is your... His head pulses a lot? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's a, that's a thing?
6: He's intimidating, but also, interestingly, fey in a lot mm-hmm. of scenes, but I think mm-hmm. gives him more than one level which is several levels more than many of the characters,
7: <laughs> yep, yes,
4: <laughs> more yes. levels than a few of the other characters all put together,
7: yeah. I thought he was the one character that was actually in, like in the version of d and d that I wanted to see a d and d movie about uh, unlike all the other <laughs> characters who <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not sure where they where they were pulled in off the street from, so but oh. but some of his dialogue, I mean, I mean, everybody
3: has wonderfully awful dialogue, but some of his dialogue particularly was like, you know. Or I'm going to kill you painfully. Yeah. But I think mm-hmm. I think my favorite line later in the movie is, just like thieves, feed, always, always stealing things, things that, that don't, don't belong, belong to you. To
7: you. Yeah, that is, <laughs> well, that yes, is that's the mission statement work. of the yep.
3: thieves. You got it. You nailed it. Just like them. Please remember, <sighs> this script
7: like
6: was worked on for like 10 years before the guy <sighs> made the movie.
7: Oh, wow! How is that possible?
3: <laughs> I I believe it because I I've gone through processes like that. I but, guess it's ooh. like a
7: diminishing returns. Like it, like two years into the process, yeah. it was actually good, and then like you know every year yeah. year after that, it just got no. worse and worse. This no. this movie
0: uh, being in two thousand two, I feel like this movie is right between uh, two other movies that came to mind while I was watching it, and one of them was uh, Phantom Menace, which preceded okay. it by a year, and the other was, of course. Lord of the Rings, Rings. (laughs) (laughs) which was
6: made the next year. (laughs) It feels like it was made 30
4: years later.
6: Doesn't it? Right. Well, this is
4: where they got out all their bad ideas. (laughs) Wow.
6: I I love that this movie, they clearly saw The Phantom Menace and said, oh, we got to steal something from that. Let's steal the scene where the boring lady
7: talks to a whole bunch of senators <laughs> yeah. yeah you know i think a lot of people's favorite parts about D D is the off-camera politics that doesn't involve any of the player characters <laughs> so. what
3: i love late in the movie when when our hero is arguing is that's why so-and-so had to die politics and I was like, no, "You guys you, are gonna. Lost lo- I've taken
7: a lot of ideas from this. The next total party kill. Oh, I is can't just going to be. It's just going to be me narrating uh, the minutes <laughs> meetings of the the mass Lords of Waterdeep, and uh, you know, every now and then we'll cut over to you guys for a couple minutes. And then can we back get a blue me. lipstick uh, bad guy at some point? I'd love that. Let's do that. Uh, I don't know if it's in the budget, so yeah. we'll see.
0: <laughs> there's a there's a dead dragon. There's a thing that's supposed to control dragons or not. Uh, Anyway, that's a whole thing that happens with our bad guys. The other thing that's going on here is we have, we meet our, uh, uh oh well we ha- we haven't met-, met him yet right there's this there's this Once why it's th- the river catches fire yeah why does yeah. the river
3: catches fire every there's and 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 Marlon Wayans says when's the last time you saw a river catch fire and I was so proud of my son for going Cleveland
0: Cleveland yeah also, yes. why is it every time something bad happens he gotta blame the mages so Jimmy Olsen from TV's Lois and Clark his name is Justin Whalen I don't care he's Jimmy Olson his <laughs> character name is Ridley Freeborn yep and Marlon Wayans. <laughs> As snails, he's gonna be a real crowd favorite. That snails, I hope nothing oh, happens to him. Boy. And we were like, "Is that his real
6: name?" Yep, he's just <laughs> snails. <laughs>
4: snails, yep, yeah. Justin Whalen is like a poor man's Will Wheaton mixed with Jerry O'Connell. Oh God. And
6: <laughs> snails is like a poor man's sleep and
0: eat. So I, I want to get the math right there in terms of where the parentheses fall in that, Erica. I think what what you're <laughs> saying is if you take Will Wheaton. And and mm-hmm. then like cut, dilute him with a Jerry O'Connell. Yes, that total thing. Imagine mm-hmm. the poor man's version of that.
4: Yes, Cong- congratulations! You've got the algebra exactly correct. You've got
3: to get the right order of sequence there to get your your.
4: Is aftermath. this some kind
3: of horrible accident on the Stand By Me set? It's it's not <laughs> the industrial yep. strength that's totally
7: been cut. You know, uh, you don't oh. you don't want to be doing that one. It is. He does not bring enough to this movie to be the lead character. <laughs> <director>. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. No, born Jimmy Olsen. No, yeah. your sidekick, You're sidekick quality, and here, yeah, and here you're supposed to be our hero. Also, I I feel like a lot of Ridley and Snails' dialogue feels like there was an earlier draft of the script where uh, people playing D and D were sucked into d and D world and still talk <laughs> like they're teenagers from the 90s. Yeah, and that, and then they cut that element, but forgot to change their dialogue because Ridley and Snails. Frequently do not talk like people in a fantasy world. They talk like 90s teenagers. And that grates on me. Like, I'll get out.
0: Uh, see, Tony, I thought you were going to say um, there was an earlier, even more racist version of the script. <laughs> is that possible? <laughs> oh, undoubtedly. Because Mar- Marlon Wayans' character here is, like, minstrel show-level
6: mm-hmm. yeah. character. Mm-hmm. What What were you saying, Monty? That that um, <laughs> I feel like every one of his lines until right before they started shooting ended with feet get moving yep <laughs> and they just replaced that with a girlish shriek instead cuz he shrieks a lot it's not this good. Is the same
7: year that Marlon Wayans was in uh Requiem for a Dream think about that <laughs>
6: <laughs> let's not overstate it it's Marlon Wayans okay
7: I
0: yeah am. the way the Wayans character you know snails he is a yeah he he it, it's it's painful to watch him he is comic relief He's kind of a wacky pa- wacky friend comic relief is sort of the slot that he's got in. And we haven't even mentioned because they haven't met all the other characters yet. That, But while I'm piling on the things that are kind of unpleasantly sort of racist about this, um, there is one other black character in the movie, basically, and she is an elf and she's his love interest because we can't have people of different races I mean, not D&D races, human races, pairing off in, in a movie.
7: Uh, they were okay with elves and whatever the hell Snails is. I was really <laughs> waiting for there to be a reveal where he is an elf because he has that funny hat that could potentially did, be covering yeah, his ears the entire yep. movie. Maybe
4: and then, that was nope. going to be in the sequel.
7: Nope. 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 It's not nope. good. It's not good.
0: Uh, there's, a whole, there's a whole scene where... So Jeremy Irons does a lot of costume changes in this movie because when he's doing evil stuff, he wears his evil stuff. And then when he's in his job as the, uh, the helper to the, the emperor and the emperor's daughter and all of that, he wears his good stuff. He's basically Palpatine in this to get to your 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 Phantom Menace cuz he's got he's like the evil guy but he pretends to be a good guy and he does this not through well. costume <laughs> costume changes not that well but it's there the Thora it's Birch not Thora Birch is the uh is oh. the the empress to be she is uh incredibly boring and there is a there are a bunch of scenes where she very in a monotone talks to elders in a council chamber and things like that about the politics of the fantasy world that that we're watching
7: i'd like to point out also, that her politics of her fantasy world do not make any sense uh, because she wishes to uh, basically uh, change the land into uh, fantasy democracy. Uh, but there are also other scenes where she's very angry that people don't respect her power yeah. as empress. Well, so I think you know.
6: very angry
7: is a stretch because I don't. Yes. She she never
6: registers any emotion in this movie
1: mm-hmm. and no.
6: all of her scenes bother me because she's with jeremy irons who's acting the walls off <laughs> <laughs> he
4: took all of the acting there was no acting left no. for thora birch
7: he's he's blown all the doors off the hinges this is what happens when you uh you min max your acting sats uh you know yeah. party balance is important yeah well, that's, spread it around that's people
4: yeah so it's talking about his uh his costuming, I when he first appeared and he's in, like, you know, the big shoulder pads and the dark rope, I immediately was thinking of the Doctor Who TV movie where the master comes in, in his crazy uh, Gallifreyan robes and, and says very, you know, very stylishly, I always dress for the occasion. And I was just like, yep, <laughs> that's him. That's
3: See, him. I, I kept thinking of Max von Sydow as, as Ming the Merciless in the 1980 mm. Flash Gordon. And there are also a lot of things in this movie that reminded me of that movie. <laughs> Yeah, people
6: in this movie can't act either. That's right. Yeah.
3: So there's there's.
6: It turns out there's another rod that
0: controls dragons that Jeremy Irons mm. hasn't heard of, and now that now our adventure begins, which leads me to one of my questions of this movie. We're about to start meeting characters who are going to band together, and they are going to be our heroes to drive us through mm-hmm. this movie. And uh, this is this is just a, a an overarching question. I'm confused about why you would make a movie about Dungeons and Dragons that didn't just follow the premise of Dungeons and Dragons, which is mm-hmm. there's a group of adventurers and they're given kind of a mission to do a thing and they go into a dungeon and they have adventures and they solve the problems and they have yeah. and they get to a solution. And instead, what we get is this movie where they laboriously... we Jimmy Olsen and Marlon Wayans are together. I'm just going to call him Jimmy Olsen. You can't stop me. And... <laughs> and um, and they slowly pick up, like, the rest of the party as they go. And I just kept thinking, who thought it was a good idea to – I mean, again, it's just like they're erasing the fact that, like, we're going to capitalize on the
7: name Dungeons & Dragons, but we actually don't want to do anything about Dungeons yes. & Dragons. also – Jimmy Olsen, uh, multiple times, goes off on his own to be a hero instead of doing anything as a team, as a party, Through, right? like repeatedly. the The, the yes. climax at the at the end, which
0: I'm just going to mention it now because I don't care, is the uh, they, they reach they reach a, <laughs> like a cave entrance that's like, this is where the solution to the plot is. And there's a force field there that blocks everybody but Jimmy Olsen from going in. Mm -hmm. And I just throw up my hands at that point. I'm like, of course, split the party here. Perfect. Why would we want the Dungeons and Dragons story to be about a group of people? It's really all about Jimmy Olsen.
4: And there's no reason given at all. It's just a force field, and he was the only one meant to go through. Like, you might as well have said, by the script writers.
7: The final dungeon is the lamest dungeon in the world. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because it's just a cave with a slope. (laughs) 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 Again... Ideas for the next season of Total Party Kill. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> oh, no, it's slow.
7: Oh. <laughs> Clearly they have read
3: their Sid Field screenwriting books and their Robert McKee screenwriting books because they do all the tropes. They do all the same templates. They do all everything. Just, like, wrote. And, but that one? Did you notice that Justin Whalen was also an associate producer? Oh, uh. I
4: noticed. That's I noticed.
3: That's probably why he gets to do stuff by himself all the time. Mm-hmm. Either that or they hated him.
0: So we meet our first of our mem- first other member of our party, who is Marina, the librarian. She works with the mages, Madame Librini. <laughs> no, wait, that is
4: great. Work. A nerdy librarian girl.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I-, I liked it. <laughs> She's not the most exciting character, but I- she does have a little bit of a an Allison Brie vibe going on a little bit. Poor yeah. poor man's Allison Brie. How about that? We'll just keep throwing that know. in there. That I kind of liked. I don't know.
3: She's more like Allison Gouda.
6: I'd like to quote their banter because this is a sort of movie where the obvious male lead and obvious female lead have to dislike each other and will obviously get together. So she says, I'd have to put a feeble mind spell on myself to want to take you home. (laughs) because <laughs> she's a mage the scene that i like when they meet when they meet marina the librarian they're,
0: they're robbing the mage thing and that and then the, they see her mentor gets killed and they escape and this is how the adventure begins i i like that scene uh especially where uh, marlon wayans is picking up a bunch of things to um figure out what to steal and they're all very obviously balsa wood because they're yes. super light. He's just yes. like, woo, here's this thing, and here's this heavy thing, and there's this everything. And I'm like, you're not even trying, people. Not He's even He's got trying. a
7: huge dragon tooth.
4: So my notes actually say nothing in this movie has any weight. Any weight. And that, yeah. that, means, that means multiple things. Yeah.
7: My favorite is the vault at the very end, which is just clearly like they went to a thrift shop and like spray painted everything gold. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad looking. <laughs> it's slightly less convincing than Pirates of the Caribbean, the ride. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the uh when they get out of a, a wow. bi- blue blue lip man is trying to get them because he he's killed her uh her mentor mm-hmm. they they escape from that um and 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 are running around and they end up in a sewer which to which i said now that's dungeons and dragons thank you tony mm. put them in a sewer <laughs> i've changed you up. well pre- speaking of previous rocket s- surgery movies i just wanted to mention in this section of the movie got a real mario brothers kind of vibe from it like yes. that was what i was yes. feeling there it's not, a good it's, it's
6: not good you skipped two important things one Get is used to it <laughs> it was star wars ripoff number two they escape through a garbage chute into the sewer yes they do of course the garbage chute is in the middle of the road of as you do and it's a fantasy world monty it's a fantasy world where garbage
0: chutes
7: are in the middle of the road and there are dragons those are the two most important facts yet use your imagination monty open your mind <laughs> to a world where there's some dragons in a garbage chute that empties into a road <laughs>
6: I had to use my imagination because we just got the introduction of the dwarf. Yes, this is uh, cool. yeah, here we go. Uh, yeah. Really tall for a
4: dwarf. Yes, very tall. Yeah. And that totally broke my heart because i was i was like that guy looks so familiar where do i know him from then I was like oh my god that's effing grumpy from once upon a time and i love once upon a time and i love grumpy in once speaking upon a time speaking of pirates
6: of the caribbean he's one of the pirates in that he's pintel the uh, comic relief oh. one who doesn't have a wooden eye he's great in other movies
4: in other things
7: <laughs> i i need some help here yep uh, whenever that car- the dwarf is on the scene on the screen uh his beard confuses me uh, <laughs> okay. i know that there is something wrong with it like i see it and i see that, that is not a beard that is a lie but i cannot process what about it is wrong because i cannot look at it directly it's it's
3: actually a symbiotic
7: creature like a tribble
6: it's coming it's out of too much orange. of his face like it goes all the way up to his eyes yeah, which normal
7: beards that. don't okay the color is very strange not quite human. It is either. suspect. I, I mean, I know he's a dwarf, but it seems it also, I believe, uh, I think it changes ra- r- rather <laughs> dramatically in tint. Uh, yeah, he <laughs> is like the by the
4: end of the movie, he is the gingerest of all dwarves ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
7: I, I really like that they didn't do anything to make him short at all. No, like put like the advanced technology of having other characters stand on a box. <laughs> yeah, like or They're hiring a short Cruise. actor. Yeah.
4: They were using all the boxes for their fake CGI. Erica, I'm
7: surprised that you didn't like this
0: character more because I know you're a big fan of Red Dwarf. Oh. Oh. I hurt.
1: Boom. I
3: hurt. <laughs> Glenn. I
0: regret nothing. Jason, you already made us watch this movie. I regret movie. everything. Why would, hurt, why would you hurt us? Really, twice? it was Monty's fault. Um. <laughs> What else? There's there's a there's a marketplace scene, they go into a scroll for a while. I don't even know what's going on. It looks like a scroll. Oh, they
7: were totally doing it in the scroll. Can yeah. we point out how hackneyed the introduction of the dwarf is? Like they literally just like bump into him in a garbage heap and now he's part <laughs> of And now he's team. that's it, yeah. The, yeah. And that's
6: almost the only thing he does to help. Well, they get and, him into uh, and, trouble basically, right?
7: Cuz he's associating and would like with them. I like to establish this is a movie based on Dungeons and Dragons, a game where characters are paired together in all kinds of madcap ways or lazy ways, the laziest of being. You already know each other. And yeah, <laughs> I have never in all my years of role playing seen such a lazy character introduction. <laughs> You're hanging out in one of your <laughs> guys' basement or something. The,
4: um, the worst part about him was the very first scene that we see him doing anything besides running like with them is he's just like mowing down on this giant pile of chicken and talking with his mouth full. I was just, Ugh.
2: and oh, then, yeah. and then
4: the stupid librarian chick who she's not my least favorite, but, but he says something about gold and she's like, can you try to rise above being a dwarf for a while? It's not all about gold. And I was just like, you are so racist.
6: Yeah. Hey, he's got so <laughs> much beard. He can't actually eat when they're in the cantina ripoff. Scene. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just trying to <laughs> shove
7: food past
6: his beard. I don't
7: uh... think he gets any in his mouth. Mm. They did sp- seem to spend some money in the cantina ripoff scene, right? Like, there's a bunch of people in funny suits, and, uh, you know, they built a set, which is not something you can say about other parts of this movie. Um, so, yeah. that's that's something. Yep. There's your 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> one of the sets looked okay.
1: Thumbs oh. up! <laughs> wow.
6: Well, one t- 10% of a thumbs up, yeah. so... Well that means 10% of the people who reviewed it liked it. <laughs> oh, well that's that's trouble. That's not. Uh. Yeah.
0: The cantina scene is disrupted by the arrival of blue lipstick man though. <sighs> and so we have to move along. I know you like that so much, but we have to move along. There's more nonsense with Jimmy Olsen and Marlon Wayans and mm. Uh our red dwarf friend, and then they go to the marketplace. And this is this where we see the beholder? Or is that later? No, that's later. That's, that's later. later. It's a bustling marketplace with a with an angry kind of like purple guy and other yeah. people. Mm-hmm. In case you were worried
6: the movie wouldn't be sexist, the dwarf has to say, if I ain't drinking, you sure ain't shopping. Yeah. And then he drags her away. <laughs> yes.
0: Did we point out this is not a good movie? Anyway, so so uh <laughs> basically they go to a set piece, which is if you go in this maze, you can get this prize at the end of it. But nobody, everybody has died in the maze, and so Justin Whalen, sorry, Jimmy Olsen has to go through <laughs> the
7: uh, the the maze as they watch. Why well, bring a whole group into the party uh, and into the into the maze? We'll just send this one guy, and it's all with like, charisma. <laughs> I know it's Richard
3: O'Brien yeah. of Rocky Horror and all. It sure is.
4: I actually, I think Richard O'Brien was probably my favorite of all of yeah. the performances yeah. in this film. Well, he's having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: He and Tom Baker are having
4: fun.
0: he's just a just a uh, bald yeah. guy with big earrings and a gold
7: robe who's sinister.
4: And a lot of style. A lot I think Jeremy
7: Irons was having fun. I loved I, him. I don't
4: know about that. I
7: mean he's built like a thieves hangout on top of a maze. So that's that's something. Like Catch. that's that feels Yeah. I love that our librarian uh, shouts be
0: careful when he goes into the maze where everybody has died. <laughs> that's a nice touch. That's, that's, that's like my mom would do that.
6: My mom would say that. Be careful. Ten years of writing, there, Jason.
3: Yeah. Have fun storming the castle,
6: Jason. You and I talked about the maze, mm-hmm. and we agreed that there's a purpose for the maze that the movie doesn't really explain. The way it's presented is that Richard O'Brien has a valuable gem or something that he's right. willing to let people try to get, and everybody dies.
0: But it's awesome because, like, if you do solve his 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 riddle. You will get rewarded by having this amazing rod or whatever that's at the center of it, right? So it's he's yeah. just he's it's, it's like a a test. He's like an altruist, or or he likes enjoys the entertainment,
6: but that's not actually what's going on here. Yeah, Mm-mm. we think what actually is is that Richard O'Brien found this lock he couldn't pick and built yeah. a maze around it, right? Right. Yeah.
3: And then
7: he that's built like a, a
3: nightclub on top of that.
7: Yeah. that maze.
6: Just, right. <laughs> so and
3: that's so much more interesting. S- s-
6: sort of like mm-hmm. it's a con. La- Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. We need yeah. the guy who's good at puzzles to come in and solve this for us. And it yeah, did very exactly. much remind me of of Last Crusade. Yeah, the stone eyes at the end, especially where he's poking them. Yep,
3: yeah, it's,
0: a, it's very, a very a very low out. rent Indiana Jones throughout that maze mm-hmm. scene,
7: and it was kind of mm-hmm. not bad considering the movie we need to point out that the the use of the word maze is very generous Mm. here no it's a series of rooms three (laughs) rooms three rooms very cheap it's
0: hard to believe that nobody (laughs) that that nobody made it through um and and the note that i have down here as i was watching jimmy olsen try to solve this unsolvable maze (laughs) is we have been given no evidence in this film so far and we're 42 minutes in that this character is actually
7: good at anything yeah. <laughs> yes. Also, so you guys point out the thing where uh, the, the thief guy has built this maze around uh, this door that he can't open. The door is open pretty trivially, right? Like, they, yeah. they forget to, they oh, yeah. forget that part. They forget oh. to include that part in the movie. Uh, though it's in the dialogue, is that there's an unopenable <laughs> vault that he just opens by, like, smashing yeah. a, an hourglass thing. So uh, Around
6: yeah. now, we do get, I think, my favorite reading in the movie. Uh, when I think Blue Lips shows up and Richard O'Brien yep. says... Who who the hell is he? Who the hell are you? <laughs> I I, th- I really liked the way he did that, mm. and I appreciated him giving a good eighty percent effort for the three days he was on set. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's a uh, th- this is so blue lips comes into the the thieves chamber just as the thief thief king is trying to rip off uh, Jimmy Olsen who is, has succeeded in in solving his maze and Jimmy Olsen oh it's hey! Steve. Lutz! Hey Steve you've been quiet this whole time but you know let let us know when you're when you're caught up Up until now he's loved everything about the movie everything <laughs> Yeah so so blue lips blue (laughs) lips appears everybody's favorite blue lips oh Steve's back Um, blue lips appears and uh, and then I love this I come running for the great taste of blue lips so the thieves are fighting with blue lips and his guys and and uh, Jimmy Olsen and the the gang of adventurers are also kind of there and so they're going to try to use this distraction to escape by which they do by crawling along the floor which leads to one of my favorite shots in the movie which is there's a bunch of legs moving around kind of like Frankenstein island actually Bunch of legs moving around and then there are people down on the floor and the whole premise here seems to be that when fighting happens no one ever looks down it's true which
5: does not make dogs, any sense dogs can't look up fighters can't uh-huh. look nope down. it's yeah. or steps on people that happen to be crawling nope. around that on the doesn't floor. happen either yeah.
4: and then you get this weird shot of of a uh, librarian lady like you know she's crawling forward she's almost to the map and then you see the boot of uh of all come down like right next to the scroll and i was like is he supposed to be standing On the scroll because it just it looks like he was aiming for it and he just missed missed a little bit. He totally missed it and they didn't bother
6: to do a second take. Mm No. They couldn't even be bothered. We've only got the one prop. If he steps on it, then there's a
0: footprint on it for the rest of the movie. (laughs) It's amazing. Um and then the this is where we meet our elf our elf lady friend, right? That's that's the next Mm -hmm. thing that happens. Our
4: elf lady friend who for some reason has a pink, like Pink armor. I mean, the armor uh-huh. itself is blue, but the 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 leather that sort of holds it over her shoulders is pink. That's and she, she also has kind of pointy nipples and abs on her armor. So yeah. thanks for that girl. costume designer. Can we can we talk about the armor here? The armor is
5: embarrassing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the, the many embarrassing things in this movie. That may be Ooh, the most Steve's riled up it now. Looks like finally, finally <laughs> he breaks the silence.
0: Lay it on, Steve. <laughs> <it's
5: laughs> I come running for the armor every time. No, it looks like somebody spray painted like some kid's catcher's gear, and they just strapped it on. <laughs> yeah,
0: looks what kid like.
4: is catcher's gear has pointy nipples?
5: Oh, hey, well, there's
0: there's, there's you'd be some surprised. there's some boob cups there in front of the, the catcher's gear. But yeah, it's a uh, yes. Yeah,
5: well, they got a couple of small uh, bamboo steamers and attached them to the catcher's gear. <laughs> And spray painted them along with the chest plate. And she's got the pink thing too, which is because she's a girl, I guess. Because
4: she's a girl. Totally.
5: Because yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I didn't she's a even notice the pink elf. thing. I was so distracted by the armor. What pink thing are we talking about?
4: The uh, the little bit of like leather that uh, is that's below over her shoulders and that comes down below the chest plate. So basically, all the oh. fabric that's surrounding the yeah. the chest plate is pink. Which I noticed in one scene that she's she's looking over something and all you can see is the shoulders. I was like, is she wearing pink? She's totally wearing pink.
7: Sweet. Um, not, not the not the Elfiest of colors. The uh,
0: Right? I, I can't believe I didn't that's mention that earlier one of the things that the happens color of nature. is that Jeremy Irons uh, sticks a goa'uld
6: into uh, the ear of the lipstick guy. But uh, that happens. So Stargate fans, be, beware. I like to imagine that scene because they made poor Bruce Payne just sit there and make ridiculous facial expressions <laughs> for a long time. And that's just what they used it yep. just kept
3: going too
4: that's also oh the scene God. in which we get the line you allow a slip of a girl to escape he actually says a slip of a girl <laughs> like, oh, this is this. the kind
6: of movie where people say trust me I hate when you say that like, that's true first thought best thought every time
4: also don't fail me Like, yep, mm-hmm. that's, that's this movie right there mm-hmm.
5: be careful you too
0: that's <laughs> sparkling. So it turns out that our elf lady friend works for the empress, and she has a uh, an iPhone slash magic mirror thing where she can Facetime to Thora Birch and give her the info about having found uh, these people. So that's really exciting. Just just throwing it mm-hmm. in there. It's exciting to get to see Thora Birch again. Oh yeah, because she lights up the whole movie. Like she's so she's charismatic. She's her all.
3: That's she, she fires up the Skype mirror.
0: She crinkles her brow a little bit while doing the Facetimeing with uh, elf lady. <laughs> It's a big move for her. That's
4: the most she does in the
5: whole movie. I'm confused about Thora Birch. Has she been good in something? Yeah, she was great in American Beauty. Yeah, I remember seeing that a long yeah, time ago. Was. I remember almost nothing about it.
6: I, I, she I was hated good it that. at the
3: time. Mm-hmm.
1: I remember okay. that.
3: Uh, she's very good in it. She's topless. That, so that,
1: <laughs> that was yeah. very
3: good. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that was a high point. She's not in this because
5: it's this is kind so. of an insanely bad performance. It, oh yes, it is. I, it is.
1: <laughs>
7: I mean that's kind of the staple of this movie.
5: (laughs) And Ghost World,
6: she's fantastic in Ghost World.
5: But I mean, even in the context of this movie, she seems awful. Which is hard to
0: do. I felt really bad for her because I feel as if I have seen Thora Birch actually act and that does not happen here. She it's like somebody it's like somebody yelled at her. That's what I I think that maybe that's why I feel so bad. It's like somebody like she would do things where she moved her face and the director was like, No, no face moving. (laughs)
5: It's well, like George Lucas ran out
6: onto the set and said, "Less emoting, mm-hmm. less emoting." Well, here's a fun game. Go watch the movie Ghost World, which is really good. And the two lead characters are played by Thora Birch and Scarlett Johansson. And Scarlett Johansson, yes. And try to guess which of them from this movie is going to end up being in Dungeons and Dragons and which of them <laughs> will be Scarlett Johansson.
0: <laughs> the next thing that happens, by the way, is the Blue Lips catches our friend, the librarian, and... Uh, and uh, uses his gold uh, tentacle ear things to do like a little like earbud to earbud brain transfer thing with her that's, and that's learn how things about infection. her, what she knows about what's going on. So that <laughs> that, that happens.
6: <laughs> I wish you'd tell the audience.
4: <laughs> I don't know why he didn't just do that at first. He tries to like fool her into believing that, that he actually supports Thor Birch and... Uh, I don't. I mean, I guess maybe that would be less painful for him or something. To have those things shoot out of his ears again? I don't know. Yeah, there's some sort of bit of
5: subterfuge here where he attempts to convince her that he's actually on the empress's side. That just goes
7: absolutely nowhere.
1: Mm-hmm. One of what, many what,
7: things that point? goes absolutely nowhere. I mean, maybe there's there's a cut, uh, you know, or the idea that anything was not used in this movie. <laughs> this is there's not good lot, enough to get make it into
1: here. Watch the deleted but scenes. Maybe, I you'll I see mean, it.
7: He he does. I mean he he does have. Like things inserted into his head to, to make sure that he is compliant to this yes, mage boss. So, I mean, maybe maybe he is a more reluctant participant than I the don't movie think would so. Based you. on
4: those earlier scenes before he has that put in his head, like- where,
7: where he's looking lovingly at
5: Profion. Yeah.
7: Well, we don't know. Maybe maybe you know maybe yesterday he didn't wear black leather armor and blue lipstick and he was just like you know he's just selling potatoes in the marketplace and you know things have just gotten out of control. Potatoes. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, I'm looking forward to the remake of this movie. The Just from Damodar's perspective.
5: Actually, now that I think about it, I think his lipstick matches the color of uh, the elven chick's armor. So maybe they just used the same spray paint. Oh, that's
7: not. Mm. I feel
6: bad for him. (laughs) Maybe Bruce Payne was just doing whippets and they had to start shooting and he decided to go with it.
4: (laughs) Well, you'd have to do something, too, to make it through the filming of this movie. Okay, something exciting happens
0: now. It's time for the scene you've Wait, been waiting really? for. Yeah, I don't buy it. Oh yeah, no, no, just right out of the monster manual. Here it is. How do you know you're in a Dungeons and Dragons movie? They have
5: beholders,
0: beholders, Ooh, the iconic uh. creature,
6: the mm-hmm. thing that is unique to D and D. Beholders,
5: not generally acting as servants to random people, as I recall. From <laughs> <laughs>
6: also not normally that easily distracted. They, they are known for their
5: What do you mean they eyes? throw like
6: an apple to the
5: right and then run to the left? That's totally
0: <laughs> crime.
4: Everybody goes yeah, away. It,
5: I think the whole point of having stalks with eyes on them is the ability to look multiple places at once. It seems, seems kind of counter to the whole purpose of the beholder.
6: <laughs> so, this was the scene in the Wizards of the Coast showing where they're sneaking into the castle. They say, oh, There's a beholder. Then you see a beholder from behind. You can feel the whole audience go, Here we go. And then they throw a rock, and the beholder runs off screen <laughs> and is never seen again. <laughs> well, you see a brief a brief shot of it walking uh, towards the camera yeah, in, point, in the dungeon. They, had- they show it kind of
0: move by the camera because all the beholders are going outside to find that rock as they come
1: into the <laughs> dungeon. God.
4: Ooh, ooh, ooh. And then we get the awesome scene where they're in the dungeon and they're sneaking around and like he's he's peeking around the corner very sneakily and he's holding a lit torch. Lit torch. It doesn't matter if he's peeking around the corner or not. So anybody who's down that hall is gonna know he's there. The torch. It's lit, dude. Well he's there with he's there with
6: snails, so I think probably the high pitched shrieking is going to alert
5: everybody to their presence. <laughs>
6: uh, I feel like the beholders were on screen for a second and a half, maybe?
0: yeah oh no it's very it's very short mm-hmm. it's it's obligatory Get i that. felt
6: like that might might have actually needed
0: to be like contractually included in the film or something <laughs> these might be the two
5: actual D D things that are yeah. in the picture the
0: beholders the beholder's,
7: beholders, uh, the beholders is an executive
5: producer um, so. and the one mention of halflings that happens earlier in the picture and that's
7: pretty much it <laughs> mm-hmm. well uh,
6: also important lore like don't you people know dwarves are afraid of horses? Oh, yes. <laughs> like, nothing's more specific <laughs> to d d than a line like that. That really right. puts you in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, uh, the six-foot-tall dwarf <laughs> who's
5: afraid of horses. <laughs> So Uh, um, Maybe he's a maul
0: with a beard. Marlon Wayans finds his way into uh, the secret sanctum of... He finds his way in? uh, Way into, uh, yeah, Lipstick Man's sanctum where he's got
6: a quicksand rug. Yeah. I like
4: the quicksand rug. I I really quite liked the quicksand rug. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm
6: -hmm. Yeah, that looked cool when he fell into it and started swirling.
4: Honestly, the floors, I think, were my favorite part because (laughs) we had the quicksand rug, which was awesome. And... Not even joking, my favorite part of this whole movie was the floor of the council chamber, which just has yeah. a really cool pattern on it, and I would have rather stared at that for an hour and forty minutes <laughs> than the rest of the movie.
5: So as they enter this fortress, the the dwarf wants to go with them, the unnamed dwarf, I think that we never get a name for, if oh, I'm we, not mistaken. He mistake. has a name.
6: I wrote it down. It's uh, oh, Elwood. Elwood the Dwarf. <laughs> Elwood the Dwarf. <laughs> That's not his
7: brother
5: Jake. dwarf name, is it? The Dwarf Brothers oh. he was on previously yeah. to this. They're on a mission uh, from... He- King of the He's dwarves. Mission
4: from Morda. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, so
5: the the dwarf wants to go with them, but Norda, the elven tracker, tells him no. This task they must complete alone. Well, wh- why is that exactly? They're not going into some kind of mystic temple. They're just breaking into some random dude's fortress, and yet this is one of those mystic tasks
7: that only <laughs> also only two can. Steve, per- fortress is perform. a very strong word. I mean. This is a castle. Uh, it is so clearly the ruins of a castle that they have spent zero dollars on doing the set dressing of because there's just moss and green stuff everywhere, and it's just it's so conspicuously not an actual actively used castle.
6: They're lucky right. they didn't accidentally have an exit sign in one of the shots. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I see. So maybe maybe <laughs> like elves and <laughs> dwarves yeah. are horribly allergic to
5: moss, and that's oh. why only they can complete this task. Because yeah. also it's a theme. It's a
0: theme of this movie that the that the in in key scenes, not the whole party can go anywhere. Cause
7: that's truly mm-hmm. in the spirit of dungeons and dragons it is
4: right because splitting the party is something that every party party wants to do you guys are going
7: to like our next adventure that's just all about Jimmy Olsen and Peter Dragonforge can stay at home Um, Yeah, that's good also two
5: thieves in the party (laughs) is classic
6: D&D yeah
7: oh yeah gotta have
6: two thieves
5: well you know
7: that's a problem that solves itself very soon Uh
6: (laughs) (laughs) they could have resolved that towards the end by having him reveal that he's half fighter or something
4: I Mm -hmm. thought that was going to be the thing like we were going to learn that he had some magic powers too or something I'm dual class yeah nope Mm -hmm.
6: nope Uh, uh, by the way um,
0: Snails is saved from the quicksand rug by Blue Lipstick Guy who then tries to kill him but just like hey. he, he was gonna, he was gonna <laughs> die. Why? Well, I guess he wanted his rug back. I guess he didn't want to like uh, have to throw. I think if a, a a a dude goes in your quicksand rug, you got to throw it away. So he want that that out. rug right.
3: really pulled the room together. Mm-hmm. Reference acknowledged.
4: I just kind of thought he was such a sadistic bastard that he just wanted to to beat him up. And if he if he died in the quicksand, he wouldn't get a punching bag for a while. Uh, you don't you don't want a dude
5: rotting in your quicksand. No, no. Right. <laughs> That's how your fortress gets ants So Jimmy Olsen frees frees
0: our librarian And uh, there's some really exciting Question mark uh, Sword fighting that happens (laughs) I bring it up only because if you watch the deleted scenes With the director commentary track Which I sort of recommend You'll see several other fight scenes where he says Oh we couldn't put this scene in the movie We didn't have enough time to shoot it And I was dissatisfied with the fight choreography Which made me laugh because I remember the fight choreography (laughs) That he was satisfied with So yeah (laughs)
4: They actually had a really good stunt coordinator. I don't know if that's the same person that does the fight choreography, though. Well, what the
0: the director said is that apparently with their budget uh, and their shooting schedule in Prague and they shot they shot a lot of night scenes in Prague in the middle of summertime. So they had very little time to actually shoot smart scheduling everybody (laughs) Mm -hmm. that there are some scenes that were not properly kind of blocked.
7: I mean, where would you go in the world to get generic woods at night other than Prague? Prague. Prague's the (laughs) place. Well, I feel like yeah. maybe
5: that's why there are certain locations that only certain characters can uh, can go within because they only had certain people for certain times.
7: Mm-hmm. No, that's oh. a, that's true to the D and D world. You can't just go places. How would that work? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have to I have to point out
0: a, an important point that we've mentioned in many movies, especially bad movies that we watched, which is there are a limited number of weapons that girls can use to ah, yes. to to harm people. One of the things they can do is take an object and hit somebody on the back of the head with it which is what our librarian does with a torch yep, right. found yes. objects
4: she also has a magic bracelet because jewelry okay mm-hmm. fair
3: well and, and and one of her one of her talents is is screaming at people so that's mm-hmm. yeah. so okay yeah. i hope everybody's got a
0: hanky cuz here comes a big scene where uh where snails yeah. fights uh mr lipstick man
6: and uh and dies <laughs> marty yeah what? i got a hanky but probably for different <laughs> reasons uh-huh. than you had yours. <laughs> I don't know why he killed snails. I mean, I know why I'd kill snails. (laughs) but
5: Yeah, what is the point of the big dramatic bit where he he tosses the map towards them? He gained nothing by it, and it's not like the map was protecting him from getting stabbed, and yet it's like this big dramatic gesture that we're supposed to feel like is some sort of a sacrifice on his part.
6: Jimmy Olsen had just surrendered. Yeah. And then he really surrenders all of his dignity. (laughs) All of it.
5: It just makes no sense. It's like they they left some key plot point about that map out.
6: It, it is like they realized they had a black character and had not killed him yet, so <laughs> it was time to kill him. Yeah. Well, as you know, you can't kill a black thief that has a map. It's just that's just classic
5: D anD. d Yeah, it's from Unearthed Arcana. <laughs> mm. Then Jimmy Olsen fights
0: a blue, blue lipstick guy and is going to uh, is going to die, but our friend the librarian mage discovers her inner magical powers and does a like yeah. a force bolt on baldy well,
3: and then she opens, finds, a, she yeah. finds the, the the pouch of magic dust she can't do it right. without the magic
7: dust mm. that's a key D concept yeah. that magic is right. not an innate thing that you're given through study or through a pact with a demon but that it's dust in a bag yeah. Break see, money. at this
4: point, I right. was in the other room getting a bagel, and Stephen was like, "Do you... uh, well, was like, 'Do you want me to pause it for you?'" Nope. And then oh. he started laughing. So
7: <laughs> that's not fair, Erica. We didn't get to eat a bagel. We had to watch this.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they do tell like they do teleport so... away, leaving leaving us with that amazing shot, crane shot that the director is super proud of. I'm sure that so swirls above of. dead Marlon Wayans for m- many minutes as he we see that he is dead.
6: Snails is dead. Right. And then they call cut and say. That's a rap on Marlon Wayans, and the crew gives him a standing ovation. It's a rap right. on
5: snails. Rap on snails. they like, What was the thing with the map, dude? That wasn't in the script. <laughs> I was just riffing. Oh. You got a script? <laughs> he says as he runs off the set screaming with his jughead head hat. Oh. So apparently, sometime in the last couple of days, the mage has learned how to cast a portal spell that actually closes behind you, which is <laughs> kind of a key thing at this point. Previously, she let everybody that was chasing them follow right after. That's true. And mm-hmm. this time, the portal snaps shut as soon as they get through it,
3: because the script says so. she used too much dust the first time. Yeah, that's it. What it oh, was that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: She's
3: learned to total head cannon, but hold her yeah. dust. Cannon accepted. Are we to
0: Tom Baker yet? No, no, because <laughs> nope, no, I, I, <laughs> we've got one scene before we get there. No, Empress Thor
5: needs to speak to the Galactic Senate first. <laughs> That's oh, good. good. Yep. <laughs>
0: If you look off in the corner,
6: one of the senators is E. T. Anyway, <laughs> if you want Natalie Portman's performance in episode one to really look dynamic and outgoing,
0: <laughs> uh, harsh but fair. Uh, Thora Birch, yeah, she's she's a uh, like yeah. I, I think I think uh, Queen Amidala emoted a little too much. There are also a couple shots that look very much like she's just uh, standing in front of a green screen, uh, just looking what? impassive. Then they they drop those in like to to pace the movie. It's a uh, it's and then uh, Jeremy Irons does a lot of like uh shouting and uh and oh, man. that's it that's that
5: scene. Yeah, they average out to one normal performance. Yeah, he's he's sucked all of the ability to pronounce or to uh to emote. It's highs and lows out of her. Highs and lows. It's a story yeah, of yeah, contrast. Real spectrum is right there. I love that comic strip. <laughs>
6: ditto. Hilarious.
0: Relevant. You can see why the elders uh, prefer Jeremy Irons to Thora Birch, is because he's charismatic and uh, she is not.
6: Boy, she really enunciates though, doesn't she? Boy. Mm -hmm. I like how all the elders look identical and are in the same robes and never make (laughs) a decision.
5: It's almost like they fed her one word at a time, like like, <laughs> when, like the old Charlie Brown cartoons, where the kids didn't have the capability to to hold more than like three or four words in their brains because they were so young. That's what it feels like. It's gets completely disjointed.
3: All, All I, I want, want is, is my, my fair, fair share. share. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All I want, I want is what's is coming to me. me.
5: <laughs> I've been waiting for you, big brother. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like that whole scene. Okay, Monty, Tom Baker TV's TV's Doctor Who appears as an elf. If you've ever Doctor wanted Th- if you've ever wanted to see Doctor Who wearing Mr. Spock ears, now is your I and, have. and a bunch of furs, now is your chance. Oh man.
7: There's a what bunch a of fans that are really excited by that idea and then they're <laughs> gonna be real disappointed. <laughs>
4: The Doctor is in
7: the D and D movie.
4: I don't know. That was some of the most Tom Bakery Tom Bakerness. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've ever seen. You guys, this was like when you see him playing the Doctor. That's him sort of acting a little bit. When you see him playing this Elf King, that's just Tom Baker being himself. Yeah, he's a weird guy.
6: I feel like he shrugs off direction, especially in a case like this. They'll tell oh, him yeah. do it like this. So right, right, smile, smile, nod, direction. Nod. <laughs> then he just Tom Baker's it up and. You hired him. <laughs> in the 50th anniversary
0: uh, Doctor Who episode, it's very clear that he's just, everybody's just going along with him. That he's like, I'm just going to do my thing and, you know, you're going to sit there. And they're like, all right, okay. Yes, sir, Mr. Baker. No. And here he explains, yep. it's literally like, oh, magic is all around. It, it, in fact, you know what? Other than the fact that there are multiple camera angles of him and he's, he moves slightly, it's pretty much John Carradine <laughs> part here. He's just like, oh, yep. magic is uh, all around us. Let, let me explain all the magic to you. We are all yep. part. Part of magic, magic dust, the golden thread. other kinds yeah, of magic. Yes. Those are all part of us because magic is part of the world, and the world is part of magic.
5: Oh,
3: purveyors of the elven thread!
1: <laughs> it's magic, <laughs> and,
3: Robin. And
5: and it's how
1: how many minutes like do
3: we think he was on set? A day. I think I think he gave him a day. Oh A whole day.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
3: I mean, so he's, he's got to put on the costume.
7: He spent a, little, a decent amount of that, probably over at craft services, but, you know. His
0: call time was probably 10, and then there was a nice break for lunch, and then they brought him back, and then they dismissed him at maybe 3.
6: And then he just sat there and kept telling them stories about his career and mm-hmm. people he knew for another three hours until they had to push him out the door. Most
4: of which were not true. Yeah.
6: <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. I get the feeling he enjoys being around people.
4: <laughs> it's it's
0: very much the, uh, the, what I said in my notes is it's like an Obi-Wan speech where he explains the four he's like well dragons represent life and magic is life and magic is in the world and this is how the world works everybody i gotta go and that's that's your (laughs) but compare and contrast this with uh lord of the rings again i think it's kind of funny that the the uh the elven uh download of information in this movie from tom baker versus the elven download in in uh fellowship of the ring it's uh different yep by the way i can't believe i didn't mention this earlier the uh the council chamber the i know it's uh, you're sad to go back to the council chamber but i just wanted to explain one thing which is <laughs> it's a place where the council debates things which of course is why they are all sitting up in a balcony in some kind of room that they rented somewhere and uh
4: whatever i'm good with that because it keeps them off the floor but i don't understand how they debate
0: anything in the council when they're all like no. at the edge of a giant room up in balconies
5: it doesn't make sense. Yes, they they appear to be at a theater that is all private boxes. Yeah. Yes.
6: We also have not explained what it is that Thora Birch and Jeremy Irons are debating. Do you understand I'm it? I'm not sure myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something about dragons. I'm pretty sure dragons are involved. She wants one thing, he wants another. She wants to keep her rod, and he wants to take
5: it
3: from her. You'd think it would be the other way around, but no. <laughs> don't, don't be normative, David. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah he wants he wants absolute power and
0: and uh to depose her and take over it's it's just watch phantom menace it's that's what it is it's sure the same. or don't or yeah or don't well if you had <laughs> to choose between this and the phantom menace i would choose. i would choose this
4: I, <laughs> what is wrong with you david
5: <laughs> no jar jar snails
4: yeah but you got snails, snails. snails.
5: snails is pretty just because they arrest. didn't
6: have a good enough computer to put a funny head over marlon wayans
5: mm. <laughs> it's basically the same performance <laughs> yeah
0: so anyway the uh there's kissing because we've gotten to that part of the movie
3: where there's kissing between oh, okay. our librarian well no 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 there's there's arguing and then there's well kissing, of course right I mean, gotta have the trope. it's a classic yeah, she she comes in and says I'm sorry about snails, which is a sentence that has never been said before or
1: since.
5: Usually, it's after the kissing that you get that statement, <laughs> right? <laughs> like they were in your mouth or something. <laughs> sorry about that. This is like the next day. Something
0: I picked up from the director's uh, the the del- deleted scenes, which I was amused by, is that there is the next scene. We get a very brief view of these elves that come to visit the elf lady, and they bring her something, and they've got like weird like skull jawbone yeah. masks on yeah. and well, so they only crazy. had one skull between the two of them so they had to split and, it and up and so so it turns out they actually sh- sh- shot a whole scene where a bunch of elves come out and they have a whole conversation with her and according to to, to the director uh, that scene got cut down to this in editing due to incompetence because <laughs> the the <laughs> The person who designed the elf lady's costume and the person who designed all the other elves' costumes were didn't talk. And so they thought it might be a little confusing that she doesn't wear any clothes or have anything related to all of the other elves. So they basically, if you look at that scene, you can see that they minimized it to as few... Uh, shots of those guys as possible because they were embarrassed. Again, trying to make the movie better, people. were just trying to make the movie better. <laughs> so they do oh. know shame. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> okay, uh, big uh, big final dungeon.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's another rod, as it turns out. There's always another rod.
0: Because I'm ready for the adventurer team to go into the final dungeon and solve the problem. But no, <laughs> no. only Jimmy Olsen may go in for no reason. He's special. There's
5: a force the, field. The jawbone people said something yeah. about that. Briefly. Briefly.
6: Yeah. Does
5: he know his true potential?
6: Not yet, but I have a feeling he will find out. (laughs) We won't. Let's run it. (laughs) The audience doesn't get to know, but he will eventually. We saw his true potential. That was it.
7: (laughs) You know, when Georgia Dow was sick and she missed a total party kill session and then I had to run a side session just for her uh, to fill in what happened to her character, uh, I thought (laughs) that was, you know, somewhat dumb and awkward. And yet... Now I've seen this movie, <laughs> 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 and I've seen this final dungeon that is a cave it's, with a ramp in it. It's a cave um, <laughs> with a ramp and some green lights. It's it's mm-hmm. handicapped accessible because
0: we
5: didn't know? have enough falling into the sewer yeah, before, yeah. so now we have to fall I mean, into a dungeon. You know,
7: the important thing is if you're going to finally get to a MacGuffin that we're going to spend a lot of time on, and multiple characters are going to run around with, like you should really probably not spend more than like ten minutes building that staff, right? Like just no. knock that out. Oh boy. <laughs> it's the uh it's that no they have to put the ramp in because of the
0: empire's subjects with disabilities act Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so it's there yeah so Mm -hmm. so he taps the little no dwarves he taps the little plastic thing and uh a door opens and uh the
5: purpose of that ramp is to keep you from getting out of the dungeon too easily until you've slain the thief and gotten him to let you out of the grate that's past the maze (laughs) <laughs> you gotta have the ramp there.
0: so this is the this is the scene where everything is from the thrift shop is painted gold in the, and there's a gold light and he has to choose because this is right out of Last Crusade he has to choose the right object using his wisdom uh, as as a, a and he's Uh-oh. questioned by a skeleton who is the man who invented the rod or the last person to use the rod or something like that
4: he invented it and he was punished for punished it for it by, by, by internal life until
7: someone else gets to use the rod and be punished I guess Maybe Tom Baker hung around and they let him do the puppetry for the skeleton. Um, <laughs> was, and he was just really into it. And they were like, it's not very good, but we can't get him to leave. <laughs> yeah.
1: Tom
6: Baker could have given our hero tips on how to act uh, opposite unconvincing puppets. Uh, mm.
4: <laughs> Anybody would know.
6: Yep.
5: Yeah, this is a beautifully lit dungeon
4: room, it is. by the
0: way. It's gold. Ooh, yeah.
4: mm-hmm. It's
5: very pretty. There's a friendly yeah. skeleton
0: there. I mean, that's what I said. Is like, hey, hey, buddy, I'm a skeleton. Here's my rod. Enjoy. Goodbye. <laughs> okay.
5: Usually, usually, as a skeleton, you don't get to keep your rod. No, it's a, but he does. Actually, it's his curse. He does. It's his curse, Steve. <laughs> and it's it's that is quite a MacGuffin that he has. By the way, it looks like it looks like the demon dogs from the MST3K
0: episode where they use those. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: But it's
5: been painted red. It's got uh, it's got some
0: points. It's got like a little um, Christmas tree ornament red ball.
7: It's very nice. What it does
5: not have is any qualities of anything that I have previously called a a rod. rod. Here,
7: here. Well, I also like in a fantasy setting how it's so conspicuously just plastic. um, Unless you're talking about Rod McEwen, who did actually have horns.
4: (laughs) Hey, in a fantasy, in a fantasy setting, plastic is pretty
1: exciting. Eat it.
0: So uh, dragons are attacking the city. I don't really understand why this is happening. Okay,
7: I feel I feel better that I was not alone in understanding no, why it's,
0: it's because of the rod because the rod, of her rod, rod that she didn't, didn't want to give up
7: controlling, the golden rod the red dragon controls not the red rod, rod. No, the golden
5: rod the golden rod golden. controls the golden dragons and the red rod controls the red dragons now, and because they wanted to take sense. the golden rod she has to use the golden rod to attack the mages so uh, here
7: what's confusing
5: is which actually now that like, I mentioned it doesn't make a lot of sense. No, no. Okay, you're right.
7: Yeah, I mean it's they clearly there's there's a, a plot turn there that is totally skipped because you know, we didn't have time. Uh because it sure looks like the gold dragons are attacking the city. I think what is actually being called for in the script is that the gold dragons are attacking the mage tower. Now, it does seem like as an empress, she may have overstepped her power and abilities here uh because the gold dragons seem to be doing a lot of property damage. Yeah, too. that
6: one dragon gets <laughs> impaled on a building, and we know that their blood alone sets water on fire. Yep.
1: Right. Yeah, but don't,
6: the, yeah. the dragon fight is my favorite part of the movie, though, because mm-hmm. whenever it's going on in the background, you can watch it, and you quickly realize there's about eight seconds of footage that just runs on a loop. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Of dragons flying around. Yeah. just Here comes that one guy going from the upper right to lower left. Room, There he goes. Hey, buddy. Yeah. I,
5: I'm sure we discussed this during the 40 minutes or so when I drifted <laughs> off, but this whole <laughs> movie really is basically like full motion video DVD-ROM cutscene from the mid-90s, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I'm yep. sure you guys talked about the flybys, the oh, majestic yes. flybys. They're spectacular. The video toaster flybys. Swooping. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. yeah. And this is very similar in terms. I mean, this is like there were like games in 1995 that did a better job with the CGI than this film did in 2000.
6: Yeah, they had a video toaster; they just didn't know how to use it. I've seen
3: screenshots with a better <laughs> plot than this movie. <laughs> they kept trying to put bread in it. It was it was a video toaster oven, totally different thing. So there's yeah, there's right. a
0: blue li- blue lips comes and there's a fight, and uh, <laughs> he takes the rod and leaves. But uh, Jimmy Olsen jumps through the portal behind him. Jimmy
7: Olsen now has a magic sword. That I don't remember where he got. He oh,
1: got it so from so the, the
3: elves.
0: The elves, the elves no. handed to him.
3: And okay. and this 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 was another one of those where I'm like, I want to riff this, because you know, this sword will protect you. And and all I could think was,
0: why
4: didn't you give that to me two hours ago? Yeah.
7: You know what? It I wasn't think I was crazy. just looking at their faces and their crazy skull masks in the entire scene and didn't, realize, didn't pay attention to what they were saying. Yeah. <laughs>
4: I was actually getting a second bagel at that
7: point. Uh, so <laughs> <drop>
0: <laughs> two bagels. anyway
1: jeremy wow. jeremy irons
0: gets the rod from blue lips and then he like zaps him in the head and <laughs> makes his little gold well, parasites come out of his ears yeah after um, after being reminded repeatedly by blue
5: lips what about my head
0: yeah. so so <laughs> then we get uh then there's then boy all the action there's many many dragons red dragons gold dragons thora birch rides a
6: dragon
1: sure she because does why not wouldn't you?
6: We see Thorobert's <laughs> okay. torso, okay. and we see a dragon. Never at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When things that she decides
5: to mount the dragon after things mm. are going poorly with the the dragons in the first place, and obviously the correct solution to that is to climb aboard one and join the fight in a more
7: personal fashion.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, Justin Whalen and Blue Lips are uh, fighting with swords that have lightning in them. I guess that's magic. I don't know why. <laughs> Magic well, is his, in everything,
7: Jason. It's both, in dragons, it's in swords. swords. Oh, it's, it's, it's all, are you, is that Tom Baker? We Johnson are talking
3: each other. Yes. Elvish. Let me tell you about the
7: time that I turned a Dalek into a coffee maker. Uh, (laughs) I don't know any actual Tom Baker stories. I'm sorry, Erica. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You got it. That was
5: one. Yeah, there there is one thing that that I'm curious about that we didn't mention, which is when he emerges from the great uh, dungeon, we don't see the epic struggle of him climbing up the ramp. No. But uh, I assume that was a pretty key scene in the early going. But anyway, he comes out of the cave and he's got like this little lunchbox.
7: It's a lantern that's uh, not consistently open open or closed that's a lantern yes, yes. it's inconsistently it, open and closed that's a close when it's closed okay. it looks like a lunchbox it L- does listen a to look. the dungeon master it's in right. the next shot it will he be knows. open and it looks like a lantern again that and was the first close point close at which again. i
5: noticed it and then he just like throws it at the beginning of that scene <laughs> and that's it i'm like what what i want to know the story about that lunchbox the hell go with these go guys go back
3: and go back and watch him when he's going into the dungeon i see that's the he, problem is
5: There there was a lot of this movie where I was just sort of averting my eyes out of respect.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You should have gotten a bagel.
7: You should have gotten
5: a bagel. Yeah. Who are you more
7: embarrassed for, you or the movie? Uh, Uh, You're embarrassed for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
5: yeah, I was averting my eyes because I figure if I'm not looking at it, then people can't blame me for watching it. (laughs) I mean, somewhere along this point
3: is where my son goes, why do you do this to yourselves? Mm-hmm. Well, I like to think of it as doing it to the rest of you, and I'm like collateral
6: damage. <laughs> oh, Monty, oh. <laughs> you're willing to take that uh, take that sacrifice, <laughs>
5: right? Just to drag the rest of us down. That's very that's very nice. F- falling on that sword,
7: but it'll protect you. It's fine. I feel like I was tricked. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I don't have anybody to blame but myself. I saw this movie in the theater, and I didn't like it then. But I was like, you know, it's been so many years, and I love Dungeons and Dragons, and you know, I'm on Total Party Killed. like, yeah, I should totally do this rocket surgery. I should break my usual rule of not doing stupid rocket surgery movies. uh I'll do this one. I have learned a lesson here, folks. When you saw it in the
5: theater,
3: did they have bagels?
5: I was just going to say, yeah. (laughs) The concession stand has no bagels, so what did you Uh, you do? What what was the point? What was the like, point?
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, popcorn and bagels are both carb, carb, you know, loading. So I have an important question.
7: I um, doubt that. Erica, were both type, which, what type of bagels were they? Uh, <laughs> well,
4: <laughs> see, they were gluten free. So I don't even know if they actually count as bagels. Okay. So
7: what type of round bread were they? <laughs> um, plain cinnamon raisin. What do we got going it was, on? It here?
4: was plain. It was plain. Okay. All right.
7: Okay. Okay. Sour pho. Right. A plain right. gluten free bagel.
6: Still more interesting than the movie. Yep. Twice. <laughs> Two. Two. So,
0: what yep. at the end, a bunch of stuff happens that I don't really understand where Justin Whalen's got a, got a, gets the rod and, and Thora Birch kind of comes and, and is confronted by, uh, a dragon and, uh, no, no, no. and Jeremy first, Irons. First,
4: she's she's riding the dragon. Yeah. And she gives my favorite line, line, I guess, in quotes, of all, of all. She, like, turns around behind her and sees, a, like, a red dragon coming or something, and she goes, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: it's
4: just like, what just happened?
3: And and then you have Jeremy Irons, who, who has been acting at a certain pitch well above normal all movie, and all of a sudden... He triples it. Yes. That's kind of impressive. It's a kind of a performance that's pitched so
6: high that only dogs can appreciate it. <laughs> yes. Behind the camera, the director goes, finally, he gives me some emotion.
0: <laughs> that, that's about, that's about when, he's, when he raises his hands and makes like a gold skeleton go on Birch's back. That's,
1: yes.
7: That's yeah, my reason. favorite Dungeons & Dragons spell. Half a jerky <laughs> skeleton. <laughs> That does nothing except kind of annoy you. Well, half a jerky skeleton. Yeah, Melv's half a jerky skeleton that annoys people. That's a classic D&D spell. Melv's irritating skeleton. Torso. Half. half, half a
6: skeleton. I remember reading the player's handbook when I was nine years old and just reading that spell and my imagination was aflame. After all of this, what ends up happening
0: is that Thora Birch just uses her her uh, golden rod to instruct a gold dragon to eat Jeremy Iron. So that was pretty easy, it sure. turns out. Mm-hmm. Uh, could have probably, a lot of this, the wreckage, the wreckage of the city by all the golden red dragons
7: probably could have been avoided but oh well, mm-hmm. at least they're all gone. Surely now. though, at this point, we're finally almost to the end, there'll be a breathtaking scene of people rebuilding the uh, the city, uh, giant nope. feasts, uh, an award ceremony where everybody nope. gets a medal, even the dwarf who didn't do anything. We close <laughs> in a oh. graveyard, Tony. We close in a graveyard. <laughs> the cheapest yep. graveyard available in Pro. Well, but at least um. at
0: least they have constructed a wonderful tomb for Snit. Nope, it's just a pile of rocks with
6: snails written <laughs> on it in a, a Sharpie.
4: a pile of rocks that looks like it's going to fall over.
6: And then magic wipes away even the memory of his name.
4: <laughs> but, but hey, at least at least our, our hero uh, Jimmy Olsen gets a, a new costume with with not one, not two, but three belts. Mm-hmm. So uh, how are we going to end
5: this thing, guys? Oh, I know. Uh, we'll zoom in on a rock with the word "snails" on it. <laughs> <laughs> then the name will disappear from the rock. The big mm. ruby will flash. All our characters will clasp hands and then everybody disappears. I was not prepared for how angry I could be <laughs>
6: leaving the audience alone and frustrated. I, I will I will
0: recommend the, again the deleted scenes which include oh, no, the director really explaining not. the original ending of this movie. Oh. oh the original no. ending of this movie, Jimmy Olsen goes to Snail's grave, the stack of rocks, explains that they won <laughs> and that it's great and that there's going and to the, and that the empire was saved and then he walks away and that's the end of the movie. That would have been a hundred times better. And you know and, and you know what? And basically the director, in not so many words, says, Yeah, the studio didn't want to end on a down note, so we made up this thing where where they uh that he may come back to life and they all disappear and it leaves you wondering for the next movie. Yeah, the mm. downest the note movie. of all.
7: Yeah.
3: <laughs> and and so my son is sitting there going, Well, because he's he's figured out all of the tropes, right? He's he's on it. And he's going Well, Tom Baker brought snails back to life. Come mm. on, Tom Baker, bring him back to life. He's going to walk in any minute now, and no, come it on. It is sort of implied, because the
4: elf yeah. or
5: somebody says, you know, your friend awaits you. Yeah, uh, my
4: headcanon is... But the, I think yes, Marlon Wayans was you. already
5: off the set at that point.
4: My headcanon is, your friend awaits you, and they all join him in death oh nice
0: oh Oh, it is a happy ending then
4: see see i made it better the
0: thing that's mind blowing about this this bringing back marlon wayans character at the end of it is it's so half-hearted and obviously last minute that we don't see marlon wayans he doesn't come back they just get a glowing rock and they all disappear so it doesn't really yeah he was not available to say hey guys I'm
6: okay. Nope. Look, once, <laughs> yeah! once you once they let him go from the set, he was not going to He's come not back. coming back. <laughs> oh. <No. laughs> yeah. And I'm looking at the cast list for the second Dungeons and Dragons movie, and there's only one name that appears from Bruce the first Payne. movie. Bruce right? Bruce, yeah. Bruce Payne, Payne. who's dead. Who's dead in this movie, yep. <laughs> they know they know who worked wow. in this
0: movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was it. Him and him and riffraff. It is confusing, I admit, although just to read I, I just want to explain how this movie ends. Um my notes at the end of this movie yes, explain it. My notes at the at the end of this movie are RIP snails magic uh uh-huh. <laughs> they join hands and become glowing. Yes. You're, you're sure explaining this well. And the final note WTF. <laughs>
3: and that's the end. That's the <laughs> end yeah, of my. I had that one too. I had that one.
0: It's what I- am I seeing? How is it that that's the end of a movie?
5: Um yeah. Yeah. What Oh, and it's what? funny, too, because b- prior to that, uh, apparently they didn't have the money for a big cheering crowd scene, so instead we just get the voiceover from Thora Birch explaining to everybody that they are now free and equal, and then we hear some sort of scattered cheering, and that's it. We just that's assume that just off screen, there's a big celebration going on with thousands of people who are now free men. Yeah, there's there's fireworks and Ewoks dancing and music. Yes, <laughs> yep. and this is, no. this is the brief aside where Luke wanders off and, and looks... Into the middle distance.
0: Yeah, yeah, because there's but a burning of pile looks, of bodies and a stone that says uh, Darth Vader <laughs> on
4: it. <laughs> right. That looks like it's going to topple at any moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: Well, this was great. <laughs> <laughs> what a great, good, movie. good, good movie. I don't know what you guys are complaining about. This movie had everything I want from a sword and sorcery <laughs> movie, which is a dwarf pantomiming gripping <laughs> a beard while humping. <laughs> as long as it's got that, I'm happy with it. <laughs> That's also in the original
3: D&D manual, right?
5: Oh, and also a tracker named Norda. That's a nice Mm. little... I miss the core. Norda tracker. (laughs) (laughs) Tony's so cold
0: right
7: now. It's so so cold. Why? Tony, you like the core. That joke doesn't work for you. I unapologetically like the core.
4: I wish I would have watched that instead. Yeah, see? People Uh, were like, the core is
7: the worst thing ever, and it's like, no, people. I have seen things. I would have rather watched Frankenstein Island. I will say that. Yeah. Here's the thing about the D and D movie. If it had been made twenty
6: years earlier, <laughs> so it came out in 1980, you'd love this movie. Yep. You would have been br- brought <laughs> up. I don't it know. And thought it was the best yep. thing ever. Up it's there, kids have bad taste. Yeah, hawk the Slayer you know, and the
7: sword and the sorcerer. It's it's hard. The CGI is so bad, and it's it's something about bad CGI. Like I would have rather seen bad cardboard models right there's there's something about cgi that the bad cgi that just ages particularly poorly as opposed to like even stock footage of a castle and then they're at the castle would have for some would have had a little bit more charm to it than the uh the horrible cgi that that's what really kind of yeah ruins it for me the just the again the wedging
0: of it between phantom menace which clearly inspired a lot of it and lord of the rings <laughs> where as monty pointed out it feels like lord of the rings must have been made a decade after this movie but it was the next year and how you could get this setting just this wrong um it's yeah it's amazing plus again a dwarf named elwood <laughs>
5: It is kind of impressive, though, the way that the uh, the dwarf and the elves, normally racial enemies, kind of come to appreciate each other over the course of this film.
6: Well, they have that's lots really, of time hanging out off screen while the heroes right. are doing <laughs> stuff. <Yeah>. <laughs> because <laughs> they can't do anything. All of the dungeons have a no
5: dwarf, no elf policy. Mm-hmm. No dwarfs. And, yeah. and strangely enough, the pile of garbage he was sleeping in has a no dwarf policy <laughs> early, too, which I, that confuses yeah, me. Yeah, there were some
4: weird some weird stuff going on in the background. We had the no, d- no dwarves allowed sign there and then at one point there's actually like a sign that says girls in the background like outside the tavern that has like a half-naked lady painted on the wall and I was like, really? Yeah.
1: Hmm.
4: And there's there's like, there, I forget what it is but there's something written. There's a point where they've just
5: uh, been framed for killing the wizard guy in the tower and they're all talking behind something. They're
7: and behind it's got a wagon. A,
5: yeah, And the wagon has a name on it hmm. that's, it's it's just like a word i will say about tv's justin
0: whalen tv's jimmy olsen this was a this really was a career killer for him so far as i can tell he he has a handful of credits since then uh and nothing you have ever heard of so sorry jimmy olsen that's a pity this was the end for him no more, no yeah. more poor <laughs> man's uh, uh, Will Wheaton minus Jerry O'Connell. Sorry, yeah,
4: I just looked at his, I just looked at the the list, and you're right. It is nothing. I've no, ever
0: heard of. no, that's it. <laughs> that that's it. Mm-hmm. Well, what what uh, what have we learned, D and D fans?
4: <laughs> what have we learned? We've learned not to do rocket surgery, oh. which I thought I already knew. <laughs> we've
3: we've learned to keep bagels in the house more often. <laughs> I I should have done that. Bagels. Yeah, these things sound
6: great. I got to get in, get into some bagels.
0: How about this? If you're cast in a bad movie, what you should say is, what if I do this part wearing blue lipstick? <laughs> do <laughs> yes. that. And then you'll be the that best thing in the, the movie. You'll be the best thing in the movie if you do that. Bruce Payne.
5: We've learned that if you have a vault that you're having trouble getting into, all you need to do is construct a massive maze to find somebody who's capable of smashing the hourglass that is obviously the way into the vault. Yep. <laughs> a I maze learned. that's
4: three rooms in a row.
7: It's uh, Yeah, again, it's not a maze. Ones. It is a series so, you know, of epic, rooms. The epic maze. The epic hallway maze. I feel a lot better about the dungeon, the dungeons that I've designed now. <laughs> Thanks, D&D movie. <laughs> yeah. There were no statues in that maze either, which is yeah. a big
5: mistake on my own. Yeah, yeah wow. that's
6: not a real mm-hmm. dungeon at all. Mm-hmm. I learned that I like bald villains. Oh. Bruce Payne and Richard <laughs> O'Brien, two best parts of the movie. Both yeah. bald, both evil. Yep.
4: Yeah, here, here. Sure. Tony, take notes for the next campaign.
7: <laughs> bald, more bald villains, please. <laughs> oh. You got it.
4: <laughs> yes.
7: Well, Carlos, how is do you guys bald, feel about he? a bald rug that eats people? <laughs> Maybe don't.
0: Maybe Carlos has been a villain no. all along. Mm, oh, heel you know. turn. Mm. I just don't understand why <laughs> anybody thought this would be a good movie. I, I, I don't.
5: I don't understand the director. I don't understand the writing. Is it possible that they were commissioned to construct some sort of torture device for prisoners of some kind? and that's why they <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah this 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 movie was originally a Raytheon
7: product that just got out. <laughs> <That's so. right. laughs>
0: The only explanation I have, and it goes back to something Monty was saying about contractual obligation, it's a little bit like when Roger Corman made that one million dollar Fantastic Four movie, which we all laughed at and then turns out is the best Fantastic Four movie which that's ever been absolutely made. Absolutely
3: amazing.
0: Is is that they had this intellectual property and they needed to do something with it or they were gonna lose it. Uh, and they made well, They it lost because, it, all right. Because it's not, yeah. I I can't explain it any other way. It's uh, or or emboldened by Phantom Menace. They said we're going to make this even more
6: like that. Phantom Menace and Menacey. Or, yeah, but they hired actual movie stars to be. Yeah, in it,
0: like, Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Irons. I hope they paid him well. I hope they paid him well, or or that he had a really nice. Like, month-long vacation in Prague.
3: One
6: of those. It, he, yes. He says it was to pay for a castle he just bought. I looked up the
7: castle. It's a pretty nice castle. Hmm.
3: Good. And, and I used to wonder about things like that, like, you know, seeing Puma Man decades ago and, and going, Donald oh, wow. Pleasants, no. Or, like, Michael Caine. But... Yeah, Michael Caine yeah. only got a kitchen out of his crappy movie. How did Jared and Irons get a
5: castle?
7: Right? Well,
5: well, well but, I think it's a but, castle
7: payment. It's not an all. Oh, I mean, yeah. see. It's, it's just, like, one installment. Yeah, that's how they get you see. <laughs> but it's like I've I've talked to a lot of these people
3: and and they say, you know, we just like acting, and we like doing bad stuff too. We just like having fun. And it's like, well, all right, fair enough. And you well, got a paycheck,
0: and you paid for. I could day. see how yeah. Jeremy Irons could have he, been, you know, having having had fun blast. doing his shouting and stuff.
4: No, I did not. I did not get that impression. There were a few of the the performances in here that I did get the impression that the actors were having fun with it. I did not get that from him at all. Oh, really?
6: Well, I think he was taking it seriously. Mm. Well, it's not like Nicolas Cage, where you always feel like, however bad the movie, he's at least trying. This felt to me like Jeremy Irons knew how bad a movie it was, didn't care, and was just going to shout all of his lines to get offset as quickly as
7: possible. I mean, he he seems probably not thrilled with the amount of stuff he had to do, like next to a green screen, pretending that there was a dragon or or something really exciting. (laughs) Next to a
4: green screen or Thora Birch. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Who is is basically
7: a human green screen. screen. I know
4: Thora Birch is in front of you.
0: Imagine... If we replaced her with something more animated. <laughs> like Natalie Portman, yes. for
4: instance. <laughs> something less wooden than Birch. Oh. Oh
3: wow. So Sorry. Malsa, I have to go. She's on the staff. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> yeah. <laughs> that was that was very Glenn of you. I I applaud that. Uh, mm. See
4: what I've been brought down to, you guys.
3: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it was good restraint waiting that long.
0: Oh <laughs> hey, speaking of Glenn, Glenn couldn't be oh. here but he watched the movie and he wanted us to know something. What's, that? Uh, oh, what's oh, that? Of
3: course.
5: So, so now we have to hear what Glenn has to say, even when he doesn't bother to show up for the podcast. This is <laughs> patently unfair.
2: <laughs> Hi, it's Glenn. And I couldn't make it for this taping, so Jason was kind enough to let me drop in a few thoughts about Dungeons and Dragons because I watched this film. And I need to share my thoughts. Uh, I got a couple alternate titles for it. It could be called Indiana Jones and the Temple of Dull, uh, or maybe A Thief, A Mage, A Dwarf, and Snail's Lover. That's also a a possible title. I appreciate the diversity in this film. Uh, The casting involved people who can't act, people who act not very well, and people who are almost okay. Uh, Some of the best actors that I I thought would be in the film uh, would include Jeremy Irons, who, uh, you know, before this, I was unaware that he could deliver a bad performance, and, well... Now I know that he could not only chew the scenery, but create a kind of scenery-chewing event horizon, after which point all scenery simply just sucked up into it um this film has a, a bad plot has a, a bad uh, set of actors the direction isn't good the mise insane scene is bad the cg isn't bad but you know i can see what they're trying to do they're trying to make something campy fun and light and they manage instead to combine uh kind of a long boring story with um aspects of after school specials kids don't do magic magic's bad for you except when it says everything um did like a few elements like the uh, the trap carpet in which Snails is sucked down. Did not like the fact that they had to match a black actor already playing in a stereotypical sidekick role with a black elf. Because there you go. Gotta do that. Gotta do that because we can't have Dungeons and Dragons miscegenation or, or something. Um, I also appreciate a movie called Dungeons & Dragons that is 80 minutes until the film before the thief walks into the dungeon. So Good work there. Uh, Maybe the best part of the film comes at the end when gathered around Snail's Grave, with Ridley giving his heartfelt ridiculous speech that makes no sense because it's ostensibly something he's saying heartfelt to snails privately uh, they're all disintegrated I hope that's that's all I can hope is that they're brought into some next world in which things are better and, and maybe there's a better script for me good bad movie it was terrible but it was sort of enjoyable through the pain because of how committed they were to being that bad
7: I can't believe Glenn watched this movie he seems so smart <laughs>
0: <laughs> how did he did win Jeff to? the game show
7: <laughs> yeah uh... <laughs>
4: Everybody would watch this movie? movie
7: is is Glenn like like <laughs> lose, like unlearning in time? is that like is time flowing <laughs> backward for him? <laughs>
4: Merlin, he's our very own Merlin.
7: No, Merlin. I think Merlin is our Merlin. I think we may have tricked Phil into watching
6: it, even though he's not on the
0: show. Fair enough. It's
7: a it's a complicated
0: hierarchy. Okay, we're gonna wrap up this rocket surgery. We've done enough damage. I'm sorry to everybody who uh, had to watch the movie, and uh, you should you shouldn't watch it. Yeah. Next up, episode two. Yeah. Oh no. Dungeons and Dragons um, <laughs> Expert Edition. I own it because I bought bought that ten dollars Blu-ray that comes with this the, one with comes the with the in a blue box. One. Oh, we mm.
4: we totally have to do it now. Nope. There is a part of me that is curious to see if it's it's actually worse than this because I don't think that's possible. I bet it's better. Because did they, they, they bring trying Bruce Payne
3: back? That's what I want to know.
0: All right, I want to thank my guests for being here for this rocket surgery, Monty Ashley. Um, I'm glad you finally your corporate overlords are no longer your employers, and you can let out your true feelings about the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Thank you for being here.
6: I was glad to be here. It turns out I, uh. Liked it. <laughs> oh. Good Foley. Mm.
7: Bad roll, bad roll. To uh. Tony Sindelar, thank you for being here. Can you believe we talked about D&D for like 90 minutes and no one said Thacko? Until I just said it now. Oh, no. Uh. <laughs> Encumbrance. <laughs> David J. Lore, thank you. Thank you.
3: This this was the best episode of Game of Dope I've ever seen. Mm. Erica Ensign, thank you.
4: Oh, look. Have another bagel. I've podcasted. What a shame.
0: (laughs) And Steve Lutz, I'm glad uh, you uh, woke up from your slumber in time to join us in uh, chronicling the adventures of Jimmy Olsen.
5: Mm, This is a terrible way to do business.
0: (laughs) I agree. I hope we don't have any sponsors for this episode. Anyway, <laughs> thanks to everybody out there for listening to this rocket surgery episode of The Incomparable. We'll be back with another terrible movie at some point once we've recovered. But until then, uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. I'm
7: just going to go shove a chicken into my beard.
1: <laughs>
7: <laughs> is, is that what the kids are calling it? Are you coming on you
1: know? to me? Not a euphemism.
7: Uh. <laughs> I, I regret everything.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, uh.